0: Back empowers you to get it together with a single digital wallet. Use back to aggregate, convert, send, and spend digital assets like crypto, loyalty, and rewards points and gift cards. Go to back, B-A-K-K-T.com and start treating your digital assets just like cash. You need to check this out right now. A revolutionary tech startup has created a way for you to convert your Bitcoin and Ethereum into shares of real, tangible art. Think paintings by Banksy, Picasso, and more. You know, like an NFT, but in real life. It's such a game changer that they just became New York's latest billion-dollar unicorn. Just go to masterworks.io scoop and see important disclosures at masterworks.io disclaimer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, Director of News at The Block, and we have a very exciting episode for you folks today. Joining us on the other side of the mic is Jess Turner, Executive Vice President of New Digital Infrastructure and FinTech at MasterCard. Jess, so good to see you again. Excited to talk about your background and what the firm is doing in the crypto market. I guess to kick things off, when we last spoke, I asked you, is MasterCard a crypto firm? Would you please uh, let our listeners know whether it is or isn't? There's been a flurry of headlines about your guys' involvement in the market, but should we be thinking of you as a crypto-first company?
1: Sure. Well, it's good to see you, Frank, again. I'll just quickly talk a little bit about what we're doing, and then I'll jump right into your question. No, uh, No easy questions to start, for sure. I'm Jess Turner. Um, Like Frank said, I lead a team that's focused on new networks. This idea being that we have the established networks in place and we're a multi-rail company, which we're not shy about. And um, we also need a strong focus on new networks. And we can talk a little bit about what that means for crypto, but that's also inclusive of things like open banking and really the data revolution that's taking on in lots of different parts of the world, really empowering people to leverage their data for the betterment of their lives. So that's another portion of the team. And then we also focus on um, being developer first, fintech friendly, which leads nicely into the crypto space. And so to answer your question, MasterCard has been a multi-rail payment company for years. And we've been kind of the connecting tissue uh, between banks, fintechs, partners, and all the in-between. We're a B2B2C company. And so where crypto lies, it makes a lot of sense for us to be a crypto-first firm, if you will, uh, and play in lots of different dimensions. And um, that's what we've been doing. We've been doing that with partners. We can talk a little bit more about who they are and what we're doing, but it's really about enabling choice and um, supporting the multi-rail strategy. So I guess that's the long, very long way of answering your question, which just says, yes, you should think of us as a.
0: Crypto Forward firm. And is it sort of siloed in one aspect of the business or does it fit under several different categories? How do you think of the position of crypto within this multifaceted organization?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, No, actually, it runs across the company, kind of in all of the different functions that we have and support our entire strategy. So I lead a product team, product and engineering group. That's my function. And so we focus on how are we working with partners? We focus on um, what should the products be, the constructs, the value exchange. But then I work very closely, very, very closely with my friends in legal and regulatory, you know, make sure we're following all the principles and compliance we need um, and influencing where it makes sense, as well as I can't imagine not bringing up this idea of, um, our data scientists and making sure that while we're doing things, we're doing it in the forms of data privacy and how we do the rest of our business. And so those are just some of the areas we focus with. Um, And then clearly we have crypto experts in our marketing arm as well. Uh, We had a recent promotion. It was a priceless experience and you could actually win a piece of NFT art as part of our uh, priceless campaign. So that's just an example I won't keep droning on, but the, the short answer is it runs across our company like our other products and
0: services. There was a recent announcement last month, you guys announced with Back that you'd be extending Mastercard's ecosystem of cryptocurrency partners, enabling crypto as a service. What does that mean?
1: Yeah, so what that means is is that we will partner with Back and others to not only do things that people know us for like crypto cards, but to help embed the services that serve the crypto space to our customers and to others. And so we'll work with back to make sure our customers who need certain services that they offer are available and that we can help collaborate on that. We also have a bunch of services that help everyone in the ecosystem. So we announced CypherTrace most recently, which is really kind of about following the string down the line in crypto to make sure there's no bad actors, which is what we do across our other rails. We have a kata, which also helps with kind of the identification of new account opening that lots of our crypto partners use, and even open banking. So open banking also helps substantiate bank accounts to make sure that you are the owner of the bank account and also fund and help with account opening. And so we have lots of services that we can service our crypto partners, and then we want to partner with companies like Back to help our other partners as well that want to be in the space.
0: So what... Is BAC contributing to the equation and what is MasterCard contributing to the equation?
1: Many of the uh, the services I just mentioned, ACADA, SaferTrace, and Open Banking, Finicity is the acquisition name. We work with our banking customers to help them leverage those assets if they want to come in the crypto space as well as our merchant customers. If, in fact, our banking customers want to use some of the services that BACT offers, we can help them do that whether that's custody or other things. And so that, that's the idea. You know, I'm going to do a little, a little bit of a, a shameless plug here. But last week, we published an article about, you know, really being developer first, making things easy to access, making our assets easy to access, making it easy for our partners' assets, easy to access in a unified way. And the reason we published this article is because I truly believe scale and innovation comes when multiple partners with complementary services come together to serve either the consumer or the distributor of those products. And, and partnerships like BACT are an example of doing that.
0: What type of services, obviously, I'm sure clients are coming from all you know, walks of life, of all shapes and sizes. But when you look at sort of the most requested feature or the most requested service that they want to extend to their end clients, what might that be?
1: I think it depends on who their end clients are. What we see a lot of is, you know, serving the needs of many. So, you know, one example is lots of entities want to get into the crypto space and they want to do it in a way that creates scale. So our partnership with Gemini is an example of that. When you talk about the Gemini card, you'll see that there's a loyalty component of it. And a big portion of that push for that card was to help people who may not be, you know, truly in the crypto space, be willing to try it and start to make it so it's easier to access, easier to understand, and then you start to grow scale. And so some entities are really focused there. Some of our customers are focused on, you know, how do we do a better job on helping with the identification of the people opening the account are in fact the people that open the account that's a different set of people. We're good at that. We do that across all of our businesses and we can do it in this space too. I think what general consumers want overall in this type of space is easy, frictionless ways to get what they want. And um, we, we have a lot of services to help do that.
0: Do you see the traditional consumer banks following in the footsteps of Gemini, BlockFi, there's a number of others in launching crypto reward credit cards?
1: You know, I think it depends on the type of bank, but I definitely think there's a lot of interest. You hear it. I think you hear it in different countries in different ways. Um, I think some countries are a little more progressive than the U.S. has been to date. I can tell you this, though, whether traditional banks issue crypto in the way it's defined today or not, they're heavily involved today because many of their cards are being used to buy this cryptocurrency and so they're there they know they know they're there and i think we'll continue to see things evolve in time what's important i think in general is solving real world problems should be at the key of everything you put your energy and focus in and i think while we're moving into this crypto space and what that means for true scale and what are the real world use cases that it can solve i think ensuring that you're doing things that are compliant and then also have the same foundations of other things like privacy and ease will be important to see greater scale. And you know, there are still some big obstacles get past to do that in a scalable way. Uh, and so I think as things move through, as you see different possible regulations or guidelines on what this looks like, I think you'll see more interest really across the entire ecosystem.
0: When I hearken back on my coverage of the space. Going back to 2017, a lot of the headlines back then, when it was pertaining to or related to credit card services, it was headlines about different banks sort of blocking users from being able to purchase crypto. Obviously, it's almost an understatement to say that it is a much different environment now. What do you think facilitated or hastened that transformation internally, maybe even within the firm? How did you see that shift? take place?
1: So I think it goes back to the foundation I was talking about before, which is when things can be done in a way where they can follow, you know, different compliance practices and things that protect consumers, they're going to drive scale more easily. And so What you can see is with assets like SaferTrace that make sure that when consumers are, in fact, inquiring different levels of cryptocurrency, you can see what's happening down the line so you can hit your compliance regulations if you're a bank and also make sure that you're reducing fraud, right, on those transactions. When those problems can be solved, you're going to see things open up in a broader fashion. The reason a lot of times there's restriction in the beginning is simply because of things like following compliance needs. And, and fraud, fraud's still a real thing. And, you know, you have to make sure that you use the principles to do that. So with technology evolving, with new fintechs coming in to help larger institutions solve those problems, and um, I think that will you'll see that continue to move forward and see greater scale. But I think that's really been the evolution. I and mean, a greater understanding. 2017 was a long time ago, but I think a greater understanding of what's happening. I would be remiss if I didn't say one more thing. You know, not all cryptocurrency is the same. It can be used for the same purpose. At least that's what we think. So this idea of purchases being made and how cryptocurrency is being used and what the exchanges are, we believe there are principles that need to be followed to make sure that the right exchanges and the right cryptocurrencies are supported. Banks feel the same way, I'm sure. And so I think as we continue to find through that, that will also help with scale. And so I just give one example. You know, we talk a lot about stable coins and people have differing views on stable coins and not every stable coin is equal. However, a stable coin is a, in fact, safer way to do things and exchange value today because in fact it's stable than some other types of currencies that have a little bit more volatility and depending on the use case might not be the right answer uh, for a real world problem. And so I also think as banks and the ecosystem better understands that, it's easier for them to support different functions and use cases.
0: So how do you think stablecoin fit into the future of the financial system? Is every credit card network going to be on a crypto stablecoin sort of settlement platform or just a portion?
1: You know, I don't think every anything will be on anything. So I I think the answer is it's about choice. And I think what will happen is if stable coins are serving a certain purpose for payments or for other use cases, moving money, p 2 B2B, I think there'll be a way to do that with technology that allows settlement. But I also think the infrastructure that's in place today for many use cases lives and exists and thrives for a reason. And value exchange is what's really important here. And so if you think about what you're getting back for whatever payment mechanism or money movement mechanism you're using, you want to use the one that's giving you the best value for what you're trying to do. And that's why you need kind of this multi-rail choice. It's just, I won't bore you, Frank, with how many different types of payment movements across all the rails in the world and even domestically there are. But the reason is because they're solving real world problems. And so choice will continue. Do I believe stablecoin will be part of those choices and continue to grow? I do.
0: You guys announced that MasterCard will use USDC as this sort of bridge asset for cardholders. That was announced in July. What has it looked like since then? How have these pilots played out?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. We did announce it. And it's this idea that rather than having to convert straight to fiat, you convert to USDC. And we did that in partnerships with um, Evolve and Uphold. What I would say is that we had way more demand on that initial pilot than we had expected. There's a real need for it. And there's lots of interest. And so it was initially kind of a go-to-market pilot. Let's see how this works. It uh, really turned into a commercial value proposition that people are highly interested in. So you'll see continue to see expansion of that, and so uh, more to come there.
0: Where has it sort of found product market fit?
1: What we're finding is that lots of wallets they want to move out of the currency they received money in. Even sometimes initially, initially purchase themselves, but they don't want to move it all the way to fiat, but they do want to hold it in USDC for some portion of time. And there really aren't really a lot of options or any options to do that. And so the fit, I think, is just for people who want the convenience and central of kind of one digital currency versus having move moving uh, to fiat right away and being able to collect it in that way. And that's what we're seeing pick up
0: on. Obviously, NFTs fit into the equation for you guys as well. What do you think about that market
1: I think it's a growing market. It's a big market. It's kind of fast how quick it blew up. I don't know what you think, but uh, I think it's remarkable. I think it will be a continuing market and we'll continue to be involved in it. And the ways we are, we do that a couple ways now. One is, like I said, we'll use it. We minted our own NFT for this, this sweepstakes where you could get a custom piece of art for a football player over in, in Europe recently. And that was a big success. It was uh, really exciting. And we did that in a partnership with um, Jose Marino. And, you know, it was it was an exciting time. It got so much attention and people were really, really excited about it. And so I think there's a lot of fun there for us on our brand. On the flip side, we also work with different fintechs that are in the NFT space now, like uh, marketplaces and Mintable is one of them. I believe they're based in Singapore. And so we continue to move forward with it. I think it's a growing space and uh, I think we have a, a space
0: to play in it. Was it sort of just a marketing branding exercise, or is this something that you can maybe leverage into a service that other companies or brands can use to do something similar?
1: Yeah, I would say we, you know, we mixed our NFT for this marketing campaign and it was pretty exciting. And I think doing it for our own benefit is something we'll continue to do. And it was, you know, exciting. A lucky card holder got to win. I don't know if we would necessarily Mint NFTs as a service purely just for that purpose on our own. But as we continue to look at where we sit and what we'll do as the connection, you know, the connective tissue in this space like we have in others, you know, we'll see where our place should be.
0: Back is the digital wallet of the future, empowering you to manage all of your digital assets from a single place. Back puts the power in your hands to get your crypto loyalty and rewards points and gift cards together to choose how you wanna use them. Treat your digital assets just like cash and convert, send or spend them using Back. Get started today and get it together with Back. Sign up at Back, Bakkt.com. For the last 10 years, Kraken has been known as one of the best platforms for trading crypto online. Now with the new Kraken app, it's easier than ever to buy and sell over 60 of the most popular cryptocurrencies on the go 24-7. Simply download the Kraken app, connect your bank account and start investing for as little as $10. Just a minute is all it takes to get started. A new application of decentralized finance just unlocked a multi-trillion dollar industry. How big? How about six trillion dollars big? High net worth investors have used this often overlooked alternative investment to build multi-generational wealth. The investment is contemporary blue chip art and this billion dollar unicorn lets you invest in art similar to investing in a company's stock masterworks.io offers fractional ownership of real paintings by artists think banksy buscott and warhol so instead of needing tens of millions you can invest tens of thousands some of their offerings have sold out in hours but you can get priority access today by going to masterworks.io scoop that's masterworks.io scoop see important disclosures at masterworks.io disclaimer When you look at the side of the business that touches these marketplaces, what are some of the needs that you're seeing them express to you? What do they want? How do they see partnering with Mastercard as fitting into their growth story?
1: Yeah, so you know, I think you have this the same flow of work or needs you do in many other things, right? So, for NFTs, provenance for NFTs is a focus that continually comes up. I think that will continue And so there's conversations around, you know, how do you help with the validity of what the NFT is? And then this ability to continue to expand on how do you make sure that NFTs continue to scale in a way to the mass market and the programmability of the technology that NFT sits on so that you get the payment and the NFT at the same time. Those are conversations we continue to have. Within that, there's lots of other things that need to be done that don't go away, like ensuring The exchange of value is done between the two parties that they were intended to. So I I hate to keep bringing up this idea of KYC or digital ID, but that's, that's real. And so there's lots of conversations around that. And that's what we're already pretty good at or really good at across every other ecosystem. And so those are some of the conversations that we have.
0: So looking into 2022... What is the strategy for the firm to continue growing its presence in the crypto community? I think something was said during the firm's annual Investor Day conference that you're going to focus on new services, network access and security. Can you uh, outline or delineate those three areas?
1: What we talked about in Investor Day is that we will continue to lean in on the crypto space. And the reason we'll do that is because it's a growing space, but it's also on strategy with what we've been doing across the rest of our business. And so I I know I keep repeating it, but it's an important reason to see where we're coming from and why we're in the space where we are today and why we can scale so quickly, which is today we're the connective tissue for different types of payment networks. In some areas, we own the infrastructure and some we don't. And for that, we'll continue. We'll continue to figure out where our play is and how we're going to do that from a network perspective. Another is services. Services is a huge portion of MasterCard's revenue, huge, huge portion of their business. And we'll continue to lean in on services in the crypto space where we're the right place to move those services forward because of what we have today. Um, We know how to scale. We have global ubiquity. And we have trust. And we have principles that have helped us scale that way. And so services like some of the ones I've already mentioned, CypherTrace, Akata, Finicity, will continue to help that space and you'll continue to see us lean into more. And then really strong alignment and partnerships. Everything we've done, we're 2 b to We're very, very vocal about that. We partner with different entities to figure out how our assets come together so that we can innovate and move things forward. And so you'll continue to see more partnerships and activity in the crypto space that do exactly that. And they'll be different market by market as they need to be, right? Not to add complexity for no reason, but as markets need different partnerships or different assets, we will go to those markets with what is needed. And that is the core of what our strategy is across crypto, real-time payments, card, P2P platforms. We've been doing it for years. We'll continue to do it here.
0: What about in the CBDC landscape, central bank digital currencies? are there services there you can offer to countries trying to build out those new type of payment systems?
1: Absolutely, we do today, we have some today. So CBDCs are a huge focus for us around the world. We, earlier this year, actually announced the Bohemian Sand Dollar in the Bahamas, um, which was an extension of their currency, so it can be used in mass scale. And um, we also continue to work with CBDCs to leverage our sandbox. So we have a sandbox environment for CBDCs where they can go in and play around what it's like to offer a, a digital asset. And so that's just two like very tangible examples. But you know, CBDCs is another kind of digital asset. So the way we think about it is you have CBDC currency, you have kind of a stable coin currency, and then you have this floating currency, which you know is most known as like Bitcoin, which is really great for investment and trading, but a little bit volatile for a hard value exchange at time, so that's the way we think about it. The CBDC is this core to our strategy, and we'll
0: continue to to lean in
1: with central banks and governments move things
0: forward in the digital asset space. So, how do you pitch a central bank?
1: The central banks around the world have really they have they have different needs depending where they're coming from, and so I wouldn't say uh, we pitch a central bank. I certainly don't, but um, we talk to them, we figure out what they're what they're trying to solve for, and. We have a team of people that you know, ranges across the company that we say, okay, if you're trying to solve for this problem, or if you think this makes sense for you, these are some technical assets that can help you do that for the betterment of the consumer and the ecosystem. And that's what we do. Um, I, I don't necessarily know we have to pitch anyone on the notion. It's more about influencing and having conversations to move the ecosystem forward in the best way we can at the end of the day for the consumer
0: what makes a CBDC a good CBDC versus an inefficient one? What sort of technical nuances are you sort of looking to implement in building out these systems?
1: Technically, what we do with them today is we help them understand end-to-end what they would want and need to build in the space. I think less about a technical inefficiency question. I think some of the central banks have been a little bit more aggressive on putting out regulation or guidance or things that would make sense for a central bank and for others and others haven't. And so with that, I think takes adds complexity and confusion, which slows down not only what a CBDC can do in the space or should, but also what the um, commercial ecosystem can do.
0: Going back to sort of the work you guys do with banks, you mentioned that it obviously varies depending on the size the scope, where they're based, but obviously not many people when they, you know, plug into their Chase bank account or their Bank of America bank account or Citibank account have access to a lot of crypto products or services. Do you see that changing in the next year?
1: Yeah, I won't time bound anything, but what I think I do see changing is banks, whether traditional or new banks, will need to continue to fulfill on their consumers demands which we've watched them do for generations, and I believe we'll continue to watch them. And so some of the foundational things I talked about a little earlier around understanding, stability, compliance, KYC, as those things become more permanent in the entire industry and ecosystem, I think you'll see an expansion of what's offered to consumers um, in different environments. What will happen in a year, I can't tell you. I won't time find anything, but-
0: It's probably not gonna happen in a year.
1: I don't know what's going to happen in a year, Frank. The last two years, I, I, to be honest, couldn't tell you. What
0: about something like DAO support? You know, card services for decentralized autonomous organizations. Some DAOs may need payment services. Is that something that MasterCard can step up to the plate to do?
1: Mastercard's is going to support partners in the space that are following all of the, the same policies we have across everything else, which are, you know, KYC, AML, all of the regulatory policies that we need in place. Um, and then we'll look at partners and opportunities based on that with the services we have.
0: Do you think that that is an opportunity based off of your working at the firm?
1: I think opportunities that follow those principles and show different growth with the right partners that are solving real world problems are all opportunities. But that you know, we're we're sifting through exactly what those are right now. Um and you know, some some announcements have come out and some will continue to come out like every other industry. But I think foundationally, MasterCard is about choice, it's about consumers, but it's also about ensuring everything we do has stability and um controls around it that still sponsor innovation and allow growth in the ecosystem, which is why we've been doing a lot of things we've been doing, but in ways that are responsible.
0: What are you most excited about going into the new year?
1: Uh, I'm most excited about continuing to lean in and see what happens with this space. It's been an incredible year. Many of our partners, including Consensus, have had great, great years and continue to grow and do things to change the way people are thinking and the ecosystem overall, and I expect there to be more of that. And I know that MasterCard will be at the heart of it, both because of what we've been doing for generations in the past, but also because of what we'll be doing for the future. I, at a personal level, am uh, excited to see what happens with some of these new um, loyalty programs on the crypto card space, like the Gemini card, uh, and see what happens with it. I'm just intrigued by it. I've been in loyalty forever. And so uh, that's been a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I think that's what I'm looking forward to for next year.
0: What do you think will take non-crypto entities to enter the crypto loyalty reward space? What, what do they need to get them more comfortable?
1: I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I think kind of this trusted environment where there's understanding and continued support of knowing what's happening and how things are being used and the, and the principles are being followed and ease of use is active and real. I think, is how how things will start to cross over over
0: time. We shall see. Well, I'd like to thank our guests for joining us today. Jess, thank you so much for stopping by The Scoop to chat with us today. Once again, we've been joined by Jess Turner, Executive Vice President of New Digital Infrastructure and FinTech at MasterCard. Jess, where can our listeners learn more about you and what you're doing?
1: Well, we have a, a nice page on our MasterCard site that you're welcome to, to go to and uh, always welcome to check that out there. And we continue to publish different leadership papers and we'll continue to talk through. So more to come there.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back with you again soon with another great guest. Take it easy.